Well, good morning again. I don't often do the, the welcoming and the preaching, but uh, I learned how to do that from Ron Skates last week or a week before. It's a privilege to stand here in this place. Uh, I remember the first day I walked into this sanctuary and I said to myself, I wonder what it's like to stand in that pulpit to preach. And now I've done it a few times, and I know what it's like, and it's not any less nerve-wracking than it was the first time. But I'm glad to be here with you, to share with you. Uh, We will be continuing in our songs of Scripture, and today we we will be looking into Psalm 23. And as our scripture reading this morning, let's treat it like a song, and if you're able, stand with me, and we will read it together. So let's stand together, if you're able, and read the 23rd Psalm as it's printed in your bulletin. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for Scripture. We're thankful for how you use it in our lives. And I pray that as we take a look and dig into Psalm 23, that you will open our hearts Remind us that we have a shepherd in you and give us an understanding of the implications of that and how that addresses how we live our lives every day. Guide and direct in everything that we say and do together. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Well, the 23rd Psalm is probably more familiar, a more familiar passage of Scripture. And when I was in sixth grade in Cecilton Elementary School uh, in Cecil County, Maryland, we started our school day with the reading of the 23rd Psalm, reciting the Lord's Prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance. So it became ingrained in me And it also was a part of everything, every day, at least in those days at Cecilton Elementary School. And I can remember wondering, if the Lord is my shepherd, why don't I want him? You know that phrase that says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want Why don't I want him? Now, of course, that was my elementary brain working on the words and trying to understand what's going on here. The psalm is attributed to David, 
which gives it credibility because we know that David was a shepherd. When Samuel came to anoint him as the next king of Israel, he went to his father's house and was looking for one of the sons of Jesse that would be the next king, and David wasn't there because he was out in the fields tending the sheep. David has experience as a shepherd, and that's what shaped him to become the king that he was. When I was visiting, my my daughter went to school at Abilene Christian. And one thing I liked about having daughters in Christian schools, that when I went to visit, I could go peruse the, the, the school bookstore and find out what all the new theological students were reading and studying. And there was a particular time where I was struggling um, in, in my relationships with a number of folks in the church. And I found this book. The title is, They Smell Like Sheep. <laughs> and it really caught my eye. And it's, I said, yeah, they do stink sometimes. Real sheep, because I've dealt with real sheep in live nativities before, but it was difficult to be the shepherd of a flock where there was difficulty. Little did I know that what the title of the book was really talking about was the shepherd themselves. Because they spend so much time with the sheep, they smell like sheep. They're involved so intimately in their lives that they, they carry that smell with them. And that's probably likely why most of the shepherds live outside, uh, especially in, in Israel, live outside the city. Because you really wouldn't want to sit next to them in a restaurant. And if you've worked with animals, you know what I'm talking about. I appreciate that my shepherd is with me and wants to spend time with me, it concerns me at times what smelly places I take him. We'll continue to explore the songs of Scripture. Today, we sing the shepherd's song of security. David the shepherd recognized that he had a shepherd and the Lord was his shepherd. One thing I think that it's important to notice is the, that this psalm is written so much in the first pronoun, first person pronoun. My shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me, he leads me, he restores my soul. Yea, though I walk through the dark valleys, I don't fear. He is with me. He comforts me. He prepares a table before me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. What the first-person per- first pronouns point to us is that David was very much identifying with the Lord as his shepherd. 
And it also gives us the opportunity to relate to that. And he invites us to know that the Lord is my shepherd as well. So as we proceed through the 23rd Psalm, make it personal. It doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd or the Lord is our shepherd. It says the Lord is my shepherd. And if you don't take anything else home with you today, take that home. The Lord is my shepherd. I see three particular breakdowns and, and sections of the song, psalm. Verses one through three, I've entitled The Sweet Spot. That's where we want to be in our relationship with our shepherd. Verse 4 is the reality of life. And verses 5 through 6 are the end game or what's ahead for us. When I say the sweet spot, don't we all want to be in that place of the verses 1 through 3? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Isn't that where we would all like to live? Isn't that what we would like to experience in our relationship with our shepherd? It's so descriptive of the great places, the good places, and the secure places that our shepherd wants to lead us. I call it the sweet spot of our relationship with our shepherd. But we all know that although we do experience those sweet spots in our lives, there are hard times. Verse 4 says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's inevitable that we will walk through dark valleys. Now, there are, there are different opinions on whether this is exclusively talking about death or whether it's talking about the dark times of our lives. But does it really matter? Because ultimately, we will all walk through the valley of the shadow of death in one way or another. And as I have walked with families and, and helped them through the loss of a loved one and facilitated grief share, one of the things that is, involved, that is very clear in the video series for grief share is that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Operative word, walk. There's no sprinting. There's no running. We have to walk through that experience. And if you've lost loved ones, you understand what that means. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. No fear is very much a theme of the whole Bible. 
The angel announcing the coming of Jesus said to the shepherds, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Jesus says to his disciples over and over again, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. And that's what David says here, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, do you understand what the rod and staff represent? The rod is the shepherd's weapon of protection for his flock. And of course, the sheep would, would be comforted by that, that the shepherd is here and he's going to protect me with his rod. And his staff was his, his, his instrument of discipline and directing of the sheep, pushing them away, grabbing them by the hook and pulling them back, keeping them out of harm's way, even Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, your rod and your staff brings me comfort. Do you recognize how God's discipline and direction in your life is designed to bring you comfort? And we don't need to be afraid of the rod that is his protection for us but we do have to take note of the staff and, and adhere to his directing and his discipline. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And then the last three verses, or two verses, verses five and six, says, you prepare a table before me, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God prepares a table before us, even in the presence of our enemies even in the presence of our problems, even in the presence of our anxieties. God is providing for us, and it's providing a table. It doesn't say he provides a VBS snack. It doesn't say he provides a dessert. He, it says he provides a table an all-out meal for us, even in the presence of our confusion, even in the presence of our enemies. I think it's fitting that today we are talking about the 23rd Psalm and we are coming to the communion table together. This is God's prepared table for us to remind us that his steadfast love endures forever. He anoints our heads with oil. Now, you probably wouldn't like it if 
at the end of the service as you're walking out, I had a bottle of oil and dumped it on your head. That's taking on some new meaning for us. But in, in the history, in the days of the Old Testament, anointing heads with oil was a special consideration and a special blessing in their relationship with God. In fact, the host was often criticized if he didn't anoint their heads with oil or at least wash their feet or anoint their feet with oil. It is an opportunity to come along beside someone and show love and care and concern. My cup overflows. It doesn't say my cup is full. It doesn't say my cup has something in it. It says my cup overflows. That is what the shepherd wants to provide for us. An overflowing understanding of his care and concern and the security that is ours in the Lord as our shepherd that we will not want for anything. Then surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, goodness and mercy are there. We just might not see it. We might not feel it. And that's why he is with us, so he can carry us through to the point that we understand fully his goodness and mercy in our lives. How often do I get confused? How often do I get, do I misunderstand what God wants to accomplish in my life? Because I'm not seeing his goodness and mercy because I'm focused on my fears and my concerns. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The choice of the word dwell is, intrigues me. He didn't say, I will visit the house of the Lord forever. Or I will visit once a week the house of the Lord forever. I will vacation in the house of the Lord forever. It doesn't even say, I shall live in the house of the Lord forever. It says, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. Dwelling gives to me a sense of being solidified, being secure, being safe, knowing where I belong. Dwelling is a strong word. I've lived many places, but I haven't always dwelt, had the feeling of dwelling where I've lived. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I have three questions as this is, as I've walked through this over the last several weeks. Number one, who is my shepherd? Is the Lord truly my shepherd? Am I appreciative of that? 
If the Lord's not my shepherd, then who am I following? And then going back to my understanding in sixth grade, why do I act like I don't want him? Why wouldn't I want him? And what, it is, what is it about me that causes me to not at least look on the surface as if I want him? Because we see in Psalm 23 that there isn't anything that we would need if we were experiencing fully our relationship with the Lord as our shepherd. Who is your shepherd? Who are you following? And why do you act like you don't need him or want him? Of course, the the 23rd Psalm talking about the shepherd points us to Jesus Christ, who is the good shepherd. And we know that the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And as we come together around this communion table, it's it's a sign to us of God's unending love for us and Jesus' willingness to lay down his life for us. It's serious. It's serious. As we come together around this table, as the family of God here at First Presbyterian Church, it solidifies the security that we have in our shepherd, who is Jesus Christ, and ultimately, the Lord is my shepherd. He's your shepherd, and he wants to interact with us on an intimate basis. And as we come together around this table, my prayer is that we will understand or open our hearts to understand the impact of what Jesus Christ has done and the gift that God has given us in our time together this morning. This table is the table of the Lord that he has prepared for us in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of our frustrations, in the presence of our shortcomings. This table represents the life-giving and the power and authority of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection that was given to us as a gift so that we could experience the fullness of God in everything that we say and do.
If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you have confessed your relationship with him, and if you are pursuing that relationship to the best of your ability, then this table is set before you by God the Father who gave us Jesus Christ as our good shepherd. As we come together, let's remember the implications of Christ's death and resurrection in our lives. Let us pray. With joy we praise you, gracious God, for you created heaven and earth. You made us in your image. You kept covenant with us even when we fell into sin. We give you thanks for our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who by his life, death, and resurrection opened the way to eternal life, and who by his Holy Spirit guides, directs, and loves us throughout our journey of faith. Gracious God, as we offer you our praise and thanksgiving, we commemorate Jesus, your son. Death could not bind him, for you raised him up in the spirit of holiness and exalted him Lord of creation. Lord, today we remember and pray for people in the world who have lost their direction in life, have no security, have no good shepherd. We pray for people in the church who often reflect the same restlessness and lack of trust in your secure shepherding care and love. Guide and direct them by your Holy Spirit to trust you as their good shepherd in their lives. Oh, Good Shepherd, we pray for people who are fighting diseases like cancer, who are overwhelmed with caring for loved ones with other diseases such as dementia or Alzheimer's, who are overburdened with hunger and have no place to lay their head. Heal them, restore them, give them a good measure of your secure, steadfast love so they will have hope and know that your love is greater than any of their burdens. Lord, send your Holy Spirit upon us now and upon this bread and this cup. We pray that in sharing the bread, we may share in the body of Christ, that in sharing the cup, we may share in his blood that was poured out for us. Grant that, being joined together in Christ Jesus, our good shepherd, we may become unified in faith and in all things become mature in the one who is our head and our good shepherd. We pray this. Prayer in the strong and saving name of Jesus Christ.